And welcome to the Squawk, episode eight. This is episode eight now. That's we're, pretty crazy. We've made it. Well, I thought you were doing like I thought we were gonna do it in like seasons. So this is really episode one of season, of season two. Yeah. Yeah, two. I would consider the yeah. summer season summer one. Was B. Like a, yeah. It was like a special. Yeah, special exactly. Season. You know how they did like those like two like Euphoria specials over like winter, the winter one year. It's yeah. like it's like that. Yeah. Better yet, it's like the Star Wars celebration special. <laughs> the Star Wars holiday special, yeah. the worst movie ever made. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what it was like. But uh, you know, I, I'm happy to be back. Um, apologies to Noah, I was late to our recording session here. Um, so we'll, yeah, we we're starting I, the season strong. I have to deal with with this podcast without him for like two whole months. <laughs> only only managed to crank out three episodes, yeah. and we were supposed to do five. And then he comes back and he's late to the first recording. <laughs> yep. So shame, for, you know, to Michael's little brother, and you know the all all the other one people who maybe listen to the first five minutes of this. I'm back. Thank you for putting up with Noah over this summer. Yeah, um, bad audio, yeah. bad taste jokes, <laughs> talking about basketball and not arts and culture. I really went unhinged uh, without any parental supervision, you know. Right. For the record, that was that was the Noah summer. I had very little input in, in the yeah. episodes. Does not reflect so, on Stephen yeah. Pastis's yes, integrity as a journalist. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> that exactly. Um, but you know, I had a great summer. Uh, Noah, how, how was your summer? My I summer. Really honestly, caught up that much. This is the first time I've seen you. Yeah, I know. We talked Megan for like Korea. five minutes uh, at a stand the other day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just we just you know broke down the one car wife filmography very casually <laughs> right. in front of like right. eight people. Right. Like but nine uh, o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. Sweatiest night in all of Columbia's history. Yeah. Talk about California Dream and Chunking Express. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Big shout out. But that's not the only thing we did this summer was watch one one car wife movies. Oh. Um, what else did I do? No, what, how, what number are you at now, Mr. Movie Boy? Oh, like total? How many yeah. movies have I seen? Yeah. Uh, the other day I looked. I think it was like 1,120. So you've only watched like 120 since we saw that movie together that one time. Which movie together one time? We saw everything everywhere all at once, and you're like, this is my thousandth movie. No, that was 999. Oh, and I was okay. asking what should be my thousandth. Oh, okay. okay. And it Good was The Color Purple, which is okay. a Steven Spielberg movie yeah. from the 80s. It's and a, it's like my dad's like fa- one of his favorite movies of all time. It's a dark, dark thing. Yeah, to be your it's a, favorite. I know exactly, but he's like it's just so it's emotional. Good. Whoopi Goldberg is so good, and I was I like, like that movie. It's kind of a like, as far as Spielberg goes, I think it's lower tier. And yeah. I have to say, I agree that's lower tier Spielberg. It. it really slaps on the 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 sappiness and like, the the story by what the story is should have a lot of dramatic tension, and I don't think the movie does a very good job at extracting that yeah. you know it's just it yeah. just kind of feels flat it's and it's two and a half hours long if it was yeah. like two hours long maybe i could have a little more slack but if you're gonna make it that long you gotta have a little more purpose and urgency in your storytelling anyways yeah. weird tangent to start off our uh-huh. new episode uh-huh. color purple mid okay. okay um but yeah i did see some great movies this summer though including and, somewhere uh, included in that 120 you know yeah. Yeah, and most importantly, now you're a media arts major. You've dropped journalism altogether. That's true. <laughs> no, I mean, not altogether. I'm just I kidding. was advertising, not journalism. Right. So you know. Yeah. 
Was I ever really a journalist? I just wrote movie reviews. <laughs> you, you wrote that mac and cheese story that one I time. Did. <laughs> that that popped off, yeah. yeah. The old, the thing I put like the least amount of effort into. And, uh, the most and views. as That's far as goes. when you were an advertising major, did you not feel uh, Don Draper you know, inspiring you every day? I mean... I, I gotta say, I watched like the first season of Mad Men a while uh-huh. ago, and I need to get back into it because um, uh-huh. I just never, you know, ran with it. But advertising seemed a lot more fun back then than it is now. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was just like the fact that they got to like drink scotch at their desk during the day yeah. and nobody batted an eye. But yeah. I don't really think that's how things work now, and I think the world is worse for it. You know? <laughs> yeah, just got to be total piece of shit a yeah. all day long exactly day yeah. do whatever they want let's just bring yeah. that back we need those kind of vibes in 2022 <laughs> I would <love> that but <laughs> it is a great show you should watch it yeah I know it's it's a it's a black mark but what have you been up to I mean you were the one doing actual journalism stuff I yeah. mean I did too I was I took your place briefly oh, right, as arts and right. culture editor. oh yeah tell me tell me a little bit more about that what, what was the stuff you guys worked on um I did a lot of like just I did two, like, main pieces, which one was, like, this jazz fest Mm -hmm. um, over the summer, which was really cool. Uh, These, like, the Cola Jazz Foundation, which is, like, a local jazz foundation, I guess is the really way to put that. Um, But they partnered up with this, like, uh, restaurant slash bar place, and a lot of the money that they received from the sales during the concerts would go to the charity and would help the... Jazz Foundation play, like, at hospitals and things like that, so. That's cool. And then I also wrote a story about kind of the changes at the Nick, our uh, local yeah. indie theater, because yeah. they closed down for, like, two months, and then they reopened. Um, yeah, that was devastating. And, but they're back, and they have a new executive director. So the story, um, you know, it's mainly focused on her and kind of, like, what her vision is for the mm-hmm. future. Oh, and yeah, what is her vision? Explain uh, your story to us. Yeah, it, it, should be, it should be cool. Like, they've... The first thing that they did, which a lot of the stuff that she talks about in the article, they have since done because it came out in, like, May or early June. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, they added back in uh, screenings on, like, um, Wednesdays and Thursdays because at the time when they first reopened, they were only doing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Um, And their screenings are a lot more, like, consistent on the days that they're open. Like, it's, like, one after the other when they were a little bit more space between. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're definitely, like, kind of refocusing on the type of films that they want to show like a lot of like you know they're still staying in their niche with like indie stuff but also a lot more like local artists and stuff um you know i i wor- actually worked on this movie over the summer um oh yeah yeah with the i wrote a story about these guys uh Soapwater productions a couple mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. years ago um and they're like local Columbia filmmakers, and they're making a feature film over the summer. So I was. And, and, that's, and now you worked with them. Yeah, that's now I worked cool. with them as a production assistant on their feature film. So, Whoa. I mean, maybe that would be something that could show at the Nick. I don't know. Yeah. You know, they could talk to them. But based on what my interview with um, uh, Sumner Bender, who's the exec- new executive director that I'm speaking of, seems like she would be down for that sort of thing. So I'm hoping that they give that a shot because, you know, cool events like that. And. I also run a film club on campus, mm-hmm. um, so who knows if we get enough films made or whatever through all the people in our club this semester, then maybe we could do a little film festival there if they'd be interested in having us. I don't know what the cost of that kind of thing would be, but they definitely seem like willing to do a lot of uh, feature a lot of local talent. So I'm excited for that. 
Yeah, that'd be super cool. Yeah, and and listener can't he- see no right now, obviously, but he's he's embraced the um, the uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman punch drunk love flow and and a, and a very nice mustache, I must say. Yeah, it's it's I'm I'm kind of feeling betrayed because yeah. I finally got long hair and a mustache, and then Stephen gets rid of his <laughs> long hair and mustache. Yeah, I really don't. So right. Yeah, the rumors are true. I did shave my mustache like two days ago. I kind of re- immediately regretted it. I don't really know why I did it. I guess I kind of just wanted to like make sure I I didn't like the way I look because I have short hair right now. Another <laughs> thing I regret, buzzing my head over the summer. Um, thought I would look, you know, a little bit uh, better, frankly, with long hair. Um, you know, I, I didn't hate it. It was very clean. I recommend it to anyone wanting... A more enjoyable lifestyle but buzzing uh, your head yeah yeah but why is I, it more I, enjoyable you just roll out of bed i mean zero maintenance other than <laughs> clean bathing you know yeah you know i but my hair grows so fast that whenever i buzz my head it only looks good for like three days and yeah then but I you can just get, get like a again. 20 dollar buzzer and buzz it yourself you know i mean yes. realistically it's very affordable as well you can just buzz yourself every few weeks yeah. and you right. know the thing is, you, you get a lot of military comments, though, which, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of got, got a little tired of. Interesting. Um, but, you know, it happens. It happens. And now I have this great, like, grandma haircut. That's, <laughs> it's funny. I actually have the yeah, exact you, haircut that my grandma has. You have so. the speak-to-the-manager haircut right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, kind of. Yep. Yeah. I so remember when you, that. when you posted uh, your picture of your, like, um... Yeah. Profile picture from right, the state or right. whatever. I yeah. made a comment about it. What did I call you again? Uh, I don't remember, but, but <laughs> funny you mentioned that, actually. That was one of, when I posted that, that was one of the first times I felt regret about buzzing my hair. <laughs> I went into I'm sorry. I didn't mean and, to roast you too hard. Some of my fellow interns. No, you weren't. You weren't. I thought what you said was funny. But, uh, no, I, I thought what my fellow intern said was funny as well. But it was the first time I got you look like a, a military guy. And I was like, okay. You know, know, actually, this summer we've kind of upped our film discussion a lot, even though we didn't see much of each other, because we made a Twitter group chat. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which, I don't know why we're talking about this, but... (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it's all all journalism boys, so... Yeah, all of the journalism boys are like movies. True. Um, You know, I think there's a lot of bad takes in that, frankly. Not not from you. Not from me. Sometimes I feel like people just send the worst take I've ever heard in that chat. Max and Evan, is that who yeah. you're talking no, about? No, really just Max. <laughs> I'm sorry, Max. Max, uh, Max, by the way, Marcel the Shell issues on is so mid. Yeah. So. Yes, I saw that recently. <laughs> um, I, I, I agree. I mean, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it's a bad movie, but I would say I kind of just felt like I was watching, you know, like a fun movie. I didn't I didn't feel any anything all that deep from it. But it was good. It was, I mean, I'm happy I saw it. I would see it again. Right. Maybe, maybe not watch it again, but like... I want to not see it. It was cool going to the Nick. You know, I saw it at the Nick. Did you um, see Elvis? We had a podcast about Elvis. No, I, you know, it, it, and here's a, here's a nice segue, actually. I went on a long trip. Uh, I drove up to Ohio to visit my dad when my internship ended. It's been a few days there. And then, um, and then I drove down to Nashville. So it was kind of, the, it was a really fun trip, you know. Um, I ended up getting COVID, which kind of made it all, uh, uh, you know, tough to look back on. So, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pulling up my, my profile picture. 
You know, I, I don't think I look. I don't think I look bad. I just no. It's I just, just funny. Look so like, <laughs> gruff. I also just look so uncomfortable in that picture. The, the juxtaposition. I don't know how to take a good selfie. I, I was struggling to take that picture. So this is your ID that they gave you as a yeah. reporting intern. Your press yeah, pass. Yeah, but I took that picture myself per their, <laughs> per their request. So yeah, and I just I zoomed like so close to his face <laughs> and on the picture, and then just wrote hashtag new profile pic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? Seeing that picture, I, I, I don't hate it, you know. It's not as bad as my grandma cut right now, but, you know. It is what it is, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. We have to talk about this. Talented Mr. Ripley. So good. You finally watched it? I watched it? it for the first time over the summer. Right, just keep going. And I watched, it, I watched it twice over the summer I, I, because my dad wanted to see it. Such a crazy good movie. So dark. I, I didn't realize it was so dark, but, but, you know, we were just doing an audio testing and I was saying, like, no, no, no. And it reminds me of the best scene in the whole movie when Philip Seymour Hoffman, when they're on the sailboat, and he's like, Tommy. Tommy. How's the peeping Tommy? <laughs> That's so my profile good. pic on my Twitter. I know, yeah. yeah. I love Best that scene. in the whole movie. He's so good in that. Philip Seymour uh, Hoffman. Philip. The, the king we stand. Yeah, my hero. Um, I kinda, I'm kind of copying his vibe right now. You're yeah. Right, you're right. And about that is that. not a bad thing. It's no. not a bad thing. I, I, I think uh, Hoffman in Punch Drunk Love is one of the most iconic you know, characters out there. Like one scene characters, yeah. <laughs> no, shut, shut, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's yeah, yep, great movie. I uh, I listened. Is it really? I good? love the boogie night scene when he's at the car with oh Mark Wahlberg. He's like, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm what a totally different idiot. character between the him and boogie nights and him and uh, um, you know, in really any other movie, but. Especially, I love what Mark Wahlberg is planning the drug deal at the end, and he's Scotty's like, Oh, guys, I don't know about this. And Mark Wahlberg's like, Scotty, do me a favor, mind your business, please. (laughs) It's just like the most Mark Wahlberg line of all time. Pretty good, Marky Mark impression. Yeah, you know what's a really underappreciated part of Boogie Nights is the Marky Mark element. You know what I mean? He's so funny in that. Yeah, he's perfect. Watch that in the sense of like, this is just a Marky Mark comedy, you know, it's killer. Right. It's killer. Yeah. It's so it works funny. both ways. Yeah. It works as a piece yeah. of high art and it yeah. works as watch Mark Wahlberg do dumb shit for two and a half hours. Yeah. 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 When yeah. he sings the song in the recording booth, he's like, That's the magic, man. That's the fucking magic. You he's know, like, Our sound is in there. We gotta bring it out here. The, uh, one of my favorite scenes is when he's like accepting the awards and he's like so enthralled and happy <laughs> and like it's like the dumbest little award show. <laughs> oh, the adult a adult film awards, yeah. like number one or whatever. It's yeah. like the first time they've ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he wins award for best cock. <laughs> yeah, you know. Speaking of PTA, though, I listen. Shout just to shout out another podcast. Um, I'm a I'm a piece of crap, so I, I don't really listen to as many intelligent podcasts as I should. I always wish I, you know, could, but. I just get bored when they're in the audio format. I, I prefer to, like, read or something. But um, So when I listen to a podcast, like, on, on a long trip, I just listen to, like, this one comedy podcast called Smartless. Oh, yeah, Smartless is great. It's so good. It's Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, 
and uh, Sean, I can't remember his last name, um, but uh, three really funny guys, and they always have, like, the coolest guys on there, and they have PTA on there. Oh, yeah, I've listened to that episode, yeah. It's so good. And, like, I never realized he was married to Maya Rudolph. Yeah. What a crazy story. King. I wonder what she thinks about being married. I mean, she's obviously a very talented writer herself to do comedy. Yeah, that's one of the most, like, talented power couples probably right. in all of Hollywood. Oh, my God, yeah. PTA's got a good dating track record. He dated Fiona Apple in the 90s. Didn't that go, like, really horribly wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. It did. Well, yeah. And isn't that, like, what the plot... I thought that's what the plot of Lost in Translation was about. Was about... Like, Scar- ScarJo's subplot in Lost in Translation? It's supposed to be about PTA. I, think it's, I don't I think, think it's about Sofia Coppola dating... Maybe not PTA... Yeah, I was going to say, Sofia Coppola did not date PTA. But uh, yes, I know what you're talking about. Lost in Translation is based on a celebrity relationship, kind of, I think. Who is it based on? I Well, we'll talk about this in the next episode. Another really great movie. What else did you watch over the summer? Nope. Nope? Oh, yeah, we could have done a little Steven Spielberg. I feel like that's just like a, a new, very Spielberg yeah, it's like a modern update on Jaws. Yeah. It's like the yeah. most common take I've seen. But I, it's a I watched fair one. it and then watched Jaws like the day later because it made me want to watch Jaws. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jaws, one of the like five greatest movies ever made. So yeah. You know, really <laughs> underappreciated part of Jaws is the uh, the all-denim fit that, um, what's his name? Uh, the What About Bob? I can't believe it. Can't Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, Dreyfus is yeah. all denim fit and his like cap. <laughs> Man, that's a good look. Yeah, the fashion is on point <laughs> yeah. in Jaws. That yeah. that New England like summer oh, vibe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool guys doing cool. Things. Jaws is actually coming back to IMAX this weekend. Yeah, and and I, you know I what's funny is they showed a preview before I saw Nope of like Jaws and I was like oh it's like kind of similar like. You know, I, oh. I didn't really know the plot yet, but then it You know what the most important like part of life. seeing Nope was? Did you see it in IMAX? Uh, I, yeah, I did. Did they play the Oppenheimer trailer beforehand? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started. Yeah. It's going to be the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> I, I have chills right now thinking about it. So great. I, and like it's it just it just the trailer. way it just starts with the fucking flames like coming up and you have no idea what it is and yeah. then you just see him putting on the hat and you're like dude that's yeah. all I need to see and I'm insanely amped. Yeah, our jaws right now are touching the floor in case you can't <laughs> tell. But uh, you know, I, I it's such a good trailer. So much anticipation, so simple, like you get a, a feel for the tone of the movie without anything being revealed. That's something, you know, I, I try not to watch trailers unless they're, like, I know it's a movie that the trailer won't be some, like, revealing, you know, yeah. like marketing scheme. And and what's interesting is that, you know, back to the Smartless episode with PTA, they always ask, like, they asked Jordan Peele in his episode, they asked PTA, of, like, do you cut your own trailers? And it's interesting to see, hear their takes on that. Yeah, you know? PTA, he definitely, he said yeah, he he's does. involved in yeah. his own trailers. I think yeah. he loves, yeah, he loves, you know, it's almost its own little, like, art to the movie in a way like the licorice pizza trailer was so incredible yeah. yeah yeah nope the first trailer was really good and then the ones then that came after it no, not the first trailer the first trailer was pretty good at not revealing no, i know it. that's what i but mean like the I was second like, and third monkey fist like what is this yeah about? but like the second and third trailers yeah. that would then show it in front of movies for like the two months leading up to it were way too revealing I, yeah super revealing I, I, come on peel so come on yeah i think that that's a studio note 
Yeah. Yeah. Still just. And hey, you know what? The movie made a lot of money and it's non IP, so yeah. we gotta yeah. love it. Okay. We can live with it. Yeah. Really great movie. I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Daniel Kaluuya is so great. I don't know if I'm saying his last name right. Kaluuya? Yeah. I think Kaluuya. S- such Kaluuya. a cool guy. That scene where they're like, where him and Kiki Palmer are like, like dapping up like in, in yeah. happiness. So good. Recent Oscar winner. He won for uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, remember? yeah. Yeah. The Oscars yeah. nobody watched because it was the COVID year. And yeah. it was like, who has seen them. these movies? <laughs> I did watch seen that movie. That's a good movie. Did you see Mank? I was I, I was rooting for Mank. Yeah, I remember <laughs> you were really excited about Mank. You were like, dude, I drove, I drove, I yeah. drove four hours to go see a preview screening and get my review out for Daily Gamecock before like anybody else had it. <laughs> yeah, because I was we, so yeah, amped. we broke the news. Yeah, we broke we broke the, the news on Mank. <laughs> Fortunately, yeah, I didn't get it earlier than folks. like actual critics, but I got it earlier than the general public. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although I think the review, I think I saw it like two weeks before it came out, like, actually, like, in theaters wide and on Netflix. But um, even though I finished the review, it didn't actually get published until, like, two weeks after. So I actually oh. don't think we broke it. It happened, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry to our devoted film fans of yeah. the Daily Gamecock <laughs> lifestyle brand. Next time, yeah. when uh, me and Max were talking the other day, we're going to have to duke it out over who gets to review White Noise. Because that trailer, oh, my God. That's... Talk about a movie made for me. A Noah Baumbach film starring yeah. Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig featuring an LCD sound system song. And you know what? <laughs> that trailer is beautiful. That's a oh, great yeah. trailer. I have no idea. I mean, I have no, some idea because I know you remember you reading the book yeah. telling me a little bit about it. But, you know, I have no idea what it's about. Great, great sound. Yeah. You know, great visuals. And I, I don't really understand why Greta Gerwig is doing acting. I mean, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I didn't really expect Oh, she's it. a great actress. What else has she been in? She's Frances Ha. I haven't seen that. That's like, that's another Noah Baumbach movie. But okay. she, I mean, she's been in a ton of his movies because they're married uh, and they're writing Barbie uh, together uh, or they wrote Barbie together, um, which I'm also excited for. Yeah, and, I'm um, very excited for that But as well. she, she's been an actress for like 20 years. She's been an actress a lot longer than she's been a director, writer. I had no idea. Yeah. Wow, I'm a fool. She was in um, that Ty West movie, House of the Devil. Um... She was in a couple. She was in a Whit Stillman movie who, uh, called. I forget what it was called. I didn't like it that much actually. But he did uh, Last Days of Disco, which is one of my favorite movies. She wasn't in that. Um, but White Noise yeah. looks so good though. I'm very excited for it. Adam Driver is an old man. I, I never thought I'd see it, but they great job. Killers of the Flower Moon getting pushed to 2023. I yeah. was so sad. Don't bring that up around Noah, please. <laughs> that made me want to die. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going to be popular this Oscars season, but... Yeah, what, um, what do we even have? All our whole, This whole lot, like my last year in college is just going to like be us at weekly talking about what the Oscars <laughs> and then after the Oscars. You know, and neither of us really even like the Oscars all that much. Well, yeah, we don't think they make good decisions, but I like the game of it, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. I like I liked having the whole like the whole format is fun to do and like pick your winners or whatever you know it's like fancy football, it's the the gamification <laughs> yeah, for, of art for the know? worst kind of nerds. <laughs> it's great for the worst kinds of nerds. Film nerds, yeah, precisely. Not us. So well, other people. for me, yeah, for me. We like. Uh, you know what's going to be popular at the Oscars is the Fablemans, the new Spielberg movie. Oh, which I'm is sure. do you know what that's about? Uh, it's about like it's a memoir about his childhood. And it stars Paul Dano as his dad, Seth Rogen I'm as his uncle, ready. 
Michelle Williams as his mom and David Lynch as John Ford. David Lynch? <laughs> David Lynch is apparently in it. That's awesome. Yeah. What is it called? The Fablemans. It comes out in November, I think. I cannot wait. No trailer yet. Apparently it's playing at festivals like in the next couple weeks, but it'll be out be in so November. Good, I'm sure. And then oh, there's Dano. Yeah. Then there's the Sam Mendes movie with Olivia Coleman, uh, Empire of Light, which is like looks like a movie about like people who make movies jacking themselves off about how great movies are where it's like the trailer's just like this kid sitting in the cinema being like wow you know it's like one of those movies but <laughs> i'm sure th- i'm sure that'll win a bunch of awards even though i don't really like sam mendez both of those sound good though i yeah. watch both of those um, i liked 1917 but i think american beauty is like one of the worst best picture winners you, I don't, like you don't like it i thought no. you did like that movie no i think that you know what came out that same year? Magnolia. Oh, and it's about all the same things, cheated. but it's a thousand times better. Yeah. Yeah. How can you even... Like, yeah, not... Comparing those two movies, American Beauty is obviously the lesser sibling of... Yeah. Movies that came out in 1999 that were not nominated for Best Picture. You ready for this? Off the, off the dome, I can tell you, because it's such a travesty. All right. Magnolia, Fight Club, and Election... And um, the Matrix. All I don't ni- know how Magnolia didn't win. All nineteen ninety nine, not nominated for Best Picture. Those four movies. Wow. Instead, it was The Insider, which is a masterpiece. I have to admit, the master, The Insider is a masterpiece. Michael Mann. Uh, uh, Michael Mann. Mann yeah. Over here. That's a good. That's a journalism <laughs> movie. You should watch that. The okay. In, The Insider. It's okay. about like the tobacco scandal or whatever. But, like the companies oh, were lying yeah, about how is a good movie. how cancer cigarettes are. Um, with Russell Crowe and Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sixth Sense, Cider House Rules, American Beauty, and one other that I Cider House remember. Rules? Yeah. And, I mean, Sixth Sense and Cider House Rules, great movies. But how is Magnolia not even on there? Because the That's Academy... deal. I mean, yeah, I guess PTA was still pretty young at that point, I, so he wasn't I respected thought yet. thought Magnolia but... was like this Oscar sweeper. I mean, it's that type of movie, but it didn't, you know? Part of it is it wasn't a hit, too. Is it pretentious to me that that makes me like it more? Oh, it wasn't a hit? I'm in. Yeah, awesome. yeah, that is a little pretentious. <laughs> it was underground? Dude, Magnolia is... Have you ever heard of this underground film called Pulp Fiction? I think you might like it, dude. Yeah, I, I, would, I would consider myself a movie guy. Uh, I, I like, you know, the entertainment pop culture side and the, the artistic film side of movies. But Noah's... And we've talked about this before. The only person who, like ranks movies by year so noah had like in his phone has calculations <laughs> oh of like 2003 the top 10 best you know erotic thrillers from 2003 <laughs> or like no I so on my on letterbox which is we've talked about in here before i'm sure but just to reiterate it's this app that you know you log your movies it's like a movie diary and you can make lists on there and i have a list for every single year and for and every year i have multiple. every yeah and for every year i have every movie that I've seen from that year ranked. So it's like 2007. I can like, now I know off the dome, it's like Zodiac 1, Superbad 2, There Will Be Blood 3, you know? It's there like, Will Be Blood is, is, is worse than Superbad? Superbad's the greatest comedy ever made. What, I can't, can't tell a lie. I don't know about <laughs> that. The greatest comedy ever made? Dude, I, I literally never get sick of that movie. I've seen it a million times. It's so it funny. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Bill Hader's so good in that movie. I gotta get a glimpse of these warlocks. 
<laughs> what about like, and and you've done it until what year? How far back do you go? 1973. Okay, the year you were born. Yeah, of right. course, Reasonably. of course. Actually, Only the year my parents were born. That Weird is, coincidence. Um, quite young, wow. But um, yeah, 49. But anyways, um, my rule is once I've hit seven movies in a year, then I make the list and I start keeping track. So I think 1973 is the earliest year that I've seen seven movies from. Interesting. And actually, I should just make it 72 because that's when The Godfather came out and that's when, like, quote-unquote, modern movies were born. You right. know, that was, like, the transition kind of. Have you seen that show they're making about called, like... The Offer? Yeah. I've heard it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can watch it. I don't it's know like with Miles Teller, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I've been reprimanded about the using of this phrase. I always thought it's, like, you say hot take and then say something controversial. But, it, you know, actually... It, I've been told it makes more sense to say cold take. Because a hot take is one that's good, I guess. I don't know. No, that's not true. Stupid, hot take maybe. means one that's like, it's spicy, you know? Yeah. Like it ruffles the feathers. I don't, you know? I don't really like Miles Teller all that much. I, I think Whiplash is one of my favorite movies of all time. And he's but... good in Top Gun, in the new Top mm-hmm. Gun. Yeah, I mean, he's good, but it's Did like... you see it? Of course I saw okay, it. Yeah, okay. of course, of course. All right, we did an episode on that, too, yeah, with yeah. our terrible audio. You yeah. know, just sit recording in my bedroom. It was good. <laughs> We're back know? in a studio, yeah. by the way. Yeah, back in Noah's personal studio. <laughs> right. We're all blue yetis in front of us. Yeah. Fancy stuff now. Um, sorry, continue what you're going to say. Uh, I don't know. You know, he's good in that movie, uh, Spectacular like spectacular now is that the oh movie? i haven't seen that it's pretty good you know it's all right i've kind of gotten even though i love coming of age movies if they're done well yeah i'm really like sick of like the 2000 like yeah I know 2005 exactly to like 2018 yeah. coming of age right. movies that are just all the same where i'm yeah, like what what was with the trend of coming of age uh movies but like they're not know? good is the problem. They're all cookie-cutter. Yeah, they're pretty cookie-cutter. I think it was the John Green effect there. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like like almost famous as a coming-of-age movie, but that yeah. movie is feels nothing like any of those indie coming-of-age dramas, you know? Yeah. Did we ever talk about that uh, docu-show docu- that Netflix put out about Bing Fong Torres, uh, the, a Rolling Stones journalist? No, but I want to watch that, yeah, obviously. Yeah, so cool. That guy's awesome. He's in, you know, like a character plays him in Almost Famous. He's it's like my the, favorite movie yeah, of all time. Of course yeah, I know yeah. that. <laughs> and like, that, I mean, if anything, the thing you should glean from Almost Famous is how cool Ben Fung Torres is. And how Such cool Philip cool. Seymour Hoffman is. Yes. To return. That's true. That's true. In uh, the docu on Netflix, the real Almost Famous guy, now grown up, talks to Ben Fung Torres about when he... Like, well, yeah. Know, the real pitched. Almost Famous guy is Cameron Crowe, who wrote and directed it. And yeah. he did, like, Jerry Maguire and Say Anything, Vanilla Sky. Like, he's a huge director. Yeah, that's true. But, I, didn't, I didn't put those together. Yeah. Almost Famous is kind of like his bio- biographical you know. film. Obviously, with the details, flubbed a lot. Apparently, instead right. of, like, some, like, low-rate band, like the band that he went on tour with, that is, like, you know, this band in Almost Famous supposed to be a stand-in for Allman Brothers. Oh, so apparently that was the band that he went on tour That's with. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool. At like 15. So who was the romantic <laughs> figure in the Omen Brothers? <laughs> I don't know. I guess one of their groupies. Yeah, one, of, one of the brothers. <laughs> what, do you think it was one of the brothers? <laughs> I don't know. He said that the Penny Lane character is based on a real person, though. Like that he met on that on the Allegedly. tours or whatever, you know. 
This is real journalism. We should dig in whether this how fictionalized. They did a uh, reunion podcast series a couple years ago on the 20 year anniversary. They did like um, like eight episodes or whatever, and it was Cameron Crowe interviewing all the people Whoa. like involved with the movie and like that it was based on and everything. So that's super. He kind of cool. did the the work for us actually. On yeah. That. yeah. You know what's another uh, good part about the movie? Really great uh, soundtrack. On the I movie. mean, yeah. One of the best. <laughs> Fucking gas. Yeah. That's an awesome. Soundtrack. Best soundtrack of all time. Yeah. Um, all right, I want to pivot a little bit from movies mm-hmm. uh, to the other visual entertainment medium that we consume that I, as of recently, have become... I've been trying to rectify my mis- my shortcomings with TV a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, so right. I watched all of Breaking Bad over the summer, finally got around to it. Obviously, you know, masterpiece. Um, I don't think there's any... <laughs> debate about that. Yeah. Um, and then I've been watching Better Call Saul, and I just caught up to the start of the sixth season. I'm like three episodes into season six, and it's been absolutely freaking incredible. Yeah, let me just say for the record here, I've been very disappointed with TV recently. So I've had the opposite. I feel like I've gotten more into movies over the summer um, because, like, I just feel like I, you know, so many times I put on a show and it's just like same old thing and like you know i i get sick of the style of tv like i think they can be really good stories but they still um they still uh you know um i just got a text that my food got thrown out that's so devastating um the grubhub uh journalism intro right here the grubhub situation on campus has been horrible oh but yeah it's been back awful. to what i was saying about <laughs> um uh you know I think I'm spoiled by shows like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. And, like, you know, a lot of HBO shows, I think, you know, The Sopranos, great. Um, Succession, another conversation for another time. I would say one of the best TV shows ever. I need to watch you Succession. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. You know, some people have told me it's not as good as I, you know, argue. But I, I think it's pretty good. You definitely watch that. But, you know, we can come back to this. But, like, with House of the Dragon, we're watching right now, like, it's good good but it's like you know what's so special about it you know nothing yeah. all that special i i just wanted to talk about saul because i know i haven't seen the finale yet we're not mm-hmm. that caught up this would have been relevant I like two two either, weeks ago yeah. we both have to watch the final season but that is a tv show that is special like that totally like oh my gosh breaks yeah. from everything right any complaints right. i have about tv the medium where like i'm like oh the stories drag on too long the characters kind of become you know caricatures are less interesting as it goes along no. or the cinematography isn't yeah. that of like film level it is could it not is. be further from the truth when it comes to saul yeah like it is in every shot in that show like breaking bad has some really cool visual ideas but like ultimately, still kind of feels like a TV show at the end of the day. I think I think it I, gets better towards the. I think yeah. you know the first season is very much you know ends up feeling like a TV show. Right. It definitely gets better form. First season couple four seasons, five. maybe. Yeah. yeah. But like literally every single shot in Saul like has so much like thought and artistry put into it. Like I can't remember the last time the show had a dialogue scene that was shot reverse shot. You know, and it it it's doing so much, but it never feels like it's over the top like you watch some movies and tv shows that try to do really interesting cinematography and have every sharp shot shart <laughs> god damn it uh, <laughs> have every shot 
be as artistic and overmanaged as possible, and it just ends up feeling kind of like disjointed. I don't know how they managed to make it all so seamless, but it is. I I totally agree. I think I think Better Call Saul. I, I agree with you in the sense uh, that Breaking Bad is a really great story, and as far as TV goes, you know, I would say it's. I would probably say it's one of the best. I mean, I'm partial to Succession, but you know, Breaking Bad is good too. Um, Twin Peaks think, is still number yeah, one for me. Yeah, and Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, the second season was a little. You know, a little different than the first, I feel like. But uh, I feel like only, only in the second half of season two. First half of season two is the best the show yeah. ever was, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I agree. But it's like you know, to be a perfect ten out of ten, you got it. You can't have any fallings. Twin yeah. Peaks even has that one small blemish. Right. Better Call Saul, I don't think it has any fallings. Yeah, all. I'm honestly, as I'm working my way through season six, like if it sticks the landing the way I think it will. It, heard it it's does. probably going to be number one all time for me. Like it is, wow. it, it's that good. You know, like yeah. every single character, like there is not a false moment. Whereas I think, like a criticism I've heard of Breaking Bad, for example, is that like it can feel a little bit too calculated. You know, it, like everything fits into place so perfectly, and it's very satisfying, and it's very thrilling. But ultimately, like it's maybe not as like emotionally fulfilling. Whereas like Saul is. Everything makes so much sense, but it is all so messy at the same time. And it just, like, every episode just feels like its own emotional journey. But when you take into context the larger scale story going on, it just feels so rewarding. Like, if you think about the early seasons with, like, we're in season six now. The stuff filmed in seasons one, two, and three between Chuck and Jimmy was literally, like, that shit was filmed, like, six years ago or, like, five years ago, and it still feels like you still feel that weight of that, like, damage or whatever from all those interactions hanging over the characters three, four years later into the show. Like, it is... I don't know how... Maybe it's because I'm binge-watching it and I'm not watching it long week to week. But, like, I don't know how they manage to have that feeling and intensity, like, over you the entire way through. Yeah. No, I, I, I think so, too. I think it's probably because they're so close to the characters. Like, I think Vince Gilligan is probably just, like, you know, so at the core of everything that happens. And, like, all the characters in the show love, you know, their character. Um, I think they're probably a very close cast. And, and you know, you know, all uh, anyone involved in that show has got to do it out of love for the show. And, uh, you know, a good example of exactly what you're saying, I was just watching it, is, you know, the, the intensity and the seamlessness like whenever uh that guy is howard oh uh, yeah howard's one of my favorite characters he's so good so good when howard is trying to tell um kim and he's like jimmy's bad like towards the end of season five and he's like you know jimmy threw bowling balls at me like you know and and they're still rectifying something that's obviously still you know two three seasons later affecting the characters and it's such a good uh analysis on your part. yeah i won't i won't spoil this because i won't spoil it but i'll give you some non-specific details of season six episode one and two like they're kim and jimmy have a plan to kind of get revenge on howard and the switch from jimmy to kim becoming the main like motivator or like driving force behind some of their quote-unquote like evil or actions I feel like if you watched season one and two of the show, you would be like, who the 
fuck are these people? And, like, Breaking Bad kind of does that, too. Oh, my gosh, yeah. But, like, in Better Call Saul, it feels so organic, where it's, like... Actually, I take that back. It doesn't feel like, who the fuck are these people? Breaking Bad, if you go back and you watch season one and two, like, you're kind of like, oh, my God, I can't believe that these are the people that turn into what we see in season five. Right. In Better Call Saul, you can go back and watch an episode from season one or two, and they still feel like the same people... But they're just making such wildly different choices. But at the core, they're still the same. Whereas in Breaking Bad, it feels like at the core, they change. And it's like a weird difference in in the way that they approach character development that I think really, really pays off and really like keeps you closer to them, as we were kind of saying before. It's I, I, I don't even know how to like articulate the points I'm trying to make about the show because it's like kind of beyond my comprehension like as a writer i'm just like in awe of every episode like trying to understand why this works so well and i really can't even like what they do with mike you know the jonathan banks character like yeah freaking greatest uh coolest guy ever (laughs) greatest actor living right now jonathan banks like he's just so fucking good as mike he's almost as good as the pants (laughs) is that his name what's that joey pants yeah Yeah, joey pants uh (laughs) As, as far as backup, you know. Better character yeah. actor, yeah. yeah. Jonathan Banks versus Joey Pants, who would win? Oh, gosh, I'd love yeah. to see that. That would go crazy. <laughs> they they definitely need to be in some crime show together. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> um, anyways, that's my thoughts on Saul. Once I finish season six, I don't know, maybe you can binge it in the next couple of weeks and we, oh, could, yeah. no, we can I have mean, an update on I'll it. I'll start episode one tomorrow because I you know I started, I rewatched the last few episodes of season five just so I was kind of fresh yeah and and you know what's funny is it's so crazy that that show's finally over because it's like just like you know Breaking Bad and, and kind of just like with Game of Thrones like it's weird to have watched a show for so long yeah I remember I remember when I was started watching Breaking Bad Better Call Saul was on its second season like coming out and so like I caught up you know and by the time I got caught up like season three was like not gonna come out for like a month and so like i remember waiting like at the end the the cliffhanger of like season two and season three and season four and like like even that makes you know as far as like seamlessness like they build on each other but also like return to kind of exactly where they were and like you know the seasons don't feel all that like indistinguishable when you watch it back to back but when you watch them in that period, like they also do feel very. There's yeah. so much growth and, and change <clears throat> as a show. That's a funny point that you make about like how long these shows have been on the air. I mean, yeah. you think about like how Kelsey Grammer played Frasier for 20 years because he <laughs> so went from crazy. Cheers to Frasier. Yeah. Think about like Bob Odenkirk was talking about how like how grateful he is to have played like Jimmy McGill slash Saul Goodman. Yeah. He's been playing this character now since. 2009 that's crazy yeah think do you know how old we were when breaking bad started we were seven what you started in 2009 2008 we were like seven years old when that show started that's crazy and like obviously we came to it later we didn't start watching it at seven yeah i wish i'd been watching it at seven (laughs) that would be that would have been great yeah great great summer seven-year-old me watching the dark knight (laughs) and breaking bad i did family family friendly content Yeah. yeah I think I saw it in theaters too. Oh, I definitely. I don't remember. Saw it in Maybe not, but we were definitely really young. Yeah. So like, it's just, it's weird. Two thousand eight doesn't sound that long ago, but then you're like, that's fourteen years. Like, oh my gosh, these yeah. shows have been on the air for fourteen years. So it's it's been a journey, you know. And yeah. 
I, the thing Bob Odenkirk said was like, if it's the, the defining role of my career, then that's something I can be extremely proud of. Like, oh I gosh. want that to be yeah. the defining role of my career. Like, yeah. it was amazing. And so. I wouldn't even say it. Yeah, I mean, he has Mr. Show. He has so much, you know, in his career already, too, that's so good. He has that one Seinfeld character. Yeah. <laughs> he does. Great. He does. That's a great episode. He's got I a lot of great that. bit parts yeah. on sitcoms. Yeah. You know, I, I want to see the pants, him and Jonathan Banks. It's crazy together. how... Um, both him and Cranston were mainly comedic actors before they got their yeah. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, you know? Oh, my. Brian Cranston is so great, too. Such an underappreciated actor. I wish he did more, like... Plays Trumbo. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that was a good movie. It was a little, like, I don't know, maybe, like, him trying to be this, this character a little bit. He got nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. That was, like, the year after, like, that was, like, two years after Breaking Bad ended, and he had gotten all those Emmys, and I feel like the Oscars were like, we want a piece of this, you know? (laughs) Yeah, give us some of your viewership. Yeah, exactly. Um, But, you know, uh, uh, Malcolm in the Middle is actually a really hilarious show, and he's so lovable and hilarious in that show, you know? Yeah, I I haven't seen it, actually. You you know, I don't know how it holds up. I watched it when I was younger, obviously, but I, I, I loved it. And he's so great in that. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to be probably covering the Emmys because mm-hmm. the Emmys are happening um, in two weeks, I think. So we'll talk about it on the podcast. But it's going to be interesting because I'm pretty sure since Better Call Saul Season 6 was split up into like Part A and B, just like Breaking Bad Season 5, mm-hmm. it's going to be eligible for the Emmys twice. So I'm pretty sure that only Part A is being voted on for these Emmys. So it's nominated for a bunch of stuff, but I don't think it's going to win. It's up against, like, Succession and a lot of stuff that's won a bunch of Emmys. Yeah, Succession sweep. Even though Breaking Bad, like, swept the Emmys every year, like, I, like, Better Call Saul has not really won much at the Emmys. It's not even nominated for, like, cinematography or anything. I even looked at the Below the Line Awards. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get a Best Drama or Best Writing or you know, Odenkirk or Rhea Seahorn for acting. But I'm hoping that maybe next year at the Emmys, if part two is as good as people online said it was, then maybe it'll finally get the well, it, it's due because that's it, kind of what happened in Breaking Bad. Yeah. If, if if I know anything, it's people online always say the truth. So Yeah, people online you always know, say the truth. Trust them. Yeah. You know, listen to their every word. Um last last T V thing, I guess last thing we're gonna cover this week. We're at forty five minutes here. Um so we're actually not going to talk about this probably as much as we planned on, but that's okay. We had a ton of stuff to cover. Um, yeah, big catch-up day. We've, we've been away, so today is just kind of a catch-up. But um, you are a Game of Thrones fan. You've uh-huh. seen the entire original show, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have not seen the original show at all, not even a single episode. But we both watched the first two episodes of House of the Dragon, and I want to know your thoughts. Yeah, I, I want to preface this with I am probably very pretentious when it comes to Game of Thrones fans because I'm still a little hurt from the last season of Game of Thrones. I don't know if I'll ever get over that. And it stings extra now having all these spin-off shows. And, like, there's a Times piece where they interviewed George, Georgie boy. Um, and he <laughs> was Martin. like, yeah, he was like, again, you know, just talking about how he asked for more seasons and, like, you know, I, I, you see a lot of people being like, oh, it's not that bad. And it's not. That's the truth. It's enjoyable to watch. But, like, again, I was watching Game of Thrones from, like, when I was, like, 11. You know what I mean? <laughs> I started watching when season three was airing. 
So I like I I remember I rented the DVDs from the library to watch them, yeah. and you know I loved it. And so I I remember working my summer uh, at the end of must have been or end of my freshman year in high school, reading all the books, you know, obsessing over Game of Thrones, and like then being like, oh, I can't wait to watch season four this year. Waiting till May comes out, watching it every week. Season four, season five, season six, season seven, you know. So it was like it was like a part of like, you know, one of my favorite things ever. And so like, yeah, you know, it's not that big a deal that they ended like they did. But it it is really hard for me to be excited about House of the Dragon because uh it, it just makes me wish they had finished out Game of Thrones. I mean again, we talked about, you know, Twin Peaks doesn't get a perfect ten out of ten because it has blemishes. You know? I would still give it a perfect 10 out of 10. Uh, Twin Peaks? Yeah. Uh, okay, I will too. <laughs> sure, sure. I'll give it a 10 out of 10. But I'm saying Game of Thrones can never be called, even though, I mean, I guess up until whatever House of the Dragon is viewership, like one of the most viewed TV shows or like final seasons of all time, right? But it doesn't get, a, it doesn't get that because it was snubbed. So, you know, I, I've watched both episodes of House of the Dragon now. I'm excited for it. I, I, I enjoy it, you know. I think it's good. I think, you know, I, I, I'm happy George is involved in it. I think it will be only continuously good. And I read something that was a quote by him that made me like it a little bit more, which was like, you know, he said, you know, Game of Thrones was very much this, like, Tolkien, you know, sort of epic of, of wars and fighting, and, and House of the Dragon is more like, um, even though Game of Thrones was kind of like that, he was like, House of the Dragon is more of this, you know, Shakespearean, you know, theatrical play of who's talking to who. And, and so, you know, when I listen to the dialogue, I, I think, you know, if this was a better filmed monologue of, of something like this would be really interesting and really good. So I, I have high hopes and I enjoy it a lot more than I thought I would. But then again, you know, it doesn't feel I could take it or leave it right now is the yeah. bottom line here. I, as a person new to the Game of Thrones universe, you know, People probably don't care about my opinion about this, but this is our podcast. They care. This is our podcast, so you know what? In, they love us. Yeah, true. Michael's little brother. Hello. Fifty minutes in, Michael's little brother. You better be listening. Uh, Aiden, right? Yeah. Aiden Sauls, you better so. be here. Um, Maybe Michael's listening to at this point. This could be for no matter how long. If we do this podcast as prof- in our professional lives for like ten years from now, we need to still make Aiden Saul's a running bit. Just yeah, keep just it going. Yeah. Um, well, that would be like the ultimate. That'll be our final episode. Will right. be Aiden Saul's. Aiden Saul's has to come on. You know, we've got to get some good guests on this season. Yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna try to expand our scope of guests. Definitely have on like professors and local people. And I mean, we did have on Darius Rucker last semester, so it's not like we had nobody, but. Um, that was a little bit more informal. So. Yeah, we didn't really have Darius yeah. Rucker on. We we had him. We had I'm air quotations <laughs> him <laughs> we, on the yeah. pod. We Stephen talked to him. Yeah, I, and it was yeah. recorded, and we put it and, in. And the audio was very bad. Yeah, but you live and you learn. Yeah, and it was a great interview. Really interesting. Yeah, you know, it was one yeah. of the coolest journalistic experiences I've had. So, anyways, sorry, off track. Quickly, Dragon House. Dragon House. House of the Dragon. Yeah, I, as somebody that's new to Game of Thrones, like, I I appreciated, like, the whole world and, like, what it looks like and, you know, all the characters. And, like, I think that, like, their control of, like, tone 
and pace is really good. Like yeah, they know, yeah. like they know exactly what the show is, and they're really able to execute that well. Yeah. Whether or not it's something that I find interesting is like a whole nother game. Because I, I just, I mean, maybe if I had read the books, I'd be more into it. But like, there's just like about a thousand names being thrown at me right yeah, at the start, and like just. I have no idea who anybody is, what their roles are. The only the the main like what I was able to understand from the first two episodes is that there's like this fight over who's going to be the heir to the throne of Targaryen. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called, Targaryen? Uh, uh, I mean, you. I can explain it to you right now if you want. As a, <laughs> okay, as let me let me just there. try and see yeah. if I followed it. Okay, 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 let's see. So there's this like there's the Targaryen dynasty. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but I know it's spelled kind of like that. And this king is like, oh, well, I'm going to die or, like, abdicate the throne soon, so I need to find an heir. And mm-hmm. he is like, but I don't have a son. So by automatically, his brother, who's, like, a shit face, is going to be the automatic throne. He's like the Jimmy to his Chuck, you know? And he doesn't want him to have the throne because he knows he would make a fool of himself and put the realms into ruin or whatever. So he's like... Well, for now, I guess I'll pick my daughter as the heir, but that is, like, very controversial within the kingdom because they've never had a queen as a ruler. It's always been kings. And that's kind of Mm -hmm. the main tension of the show up to this point. Yeah. Is this political maneuvering over the throne. Yeah. Which I find really interesting. Right. What I don't understand and I don't find interesting is people being like, these race of blah 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 whose name I can't remember have like landed on our docks and I need permission to go fight them and blah 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 blah. and then you'll have like eight minutes of some dude talking to the king about how he wants to go fight these monsters and then you never even see him go fight the monsters he's just like all right you go do that and it's like okay like I don't know there's just like a lot Mm of lore Mm -hmm. building that I'm sure people who are into it appreciate that I'm just like this is not like I'm sure it's cool I'm sure it's relevant to the book but is it dramatically interesting no, you there's know, really not much there. It's interesting that you say that. And and just to explain it really quickly, it's the same place as in Game of Thrones. It's like the, you know, Game of Thrones-ified Europe or whatever. And the Targaryens are supposed to be this, like, very successful conquering race because they have dragons. So they're right. not from there. They came from another place called, this place called Valyria. And then, so it's like... They have all this lineage of, like, when they first, you know, attacked here with their dragons and then conquered. And so they're supposed to have been, like, it's this, like, they're still very fresh in this new place, I guess. And there's a lot of them. And, you know, so everyone yeah. wants to be. So you, you were pretty spot on. This is, like, the start of their dynasty. Right, of. right. Like, they're, it's yeah. still Relative only, like, a hundred years. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so, um, you know. Yeah, you're pretty much spot on with everything else, I guess. The only thing is, as far as lore building, you know, that's what I thought. I guess I kind of interpreted this show to be, um, and I guess George addresses this in that Times piece as well. He was like, you know, if you're making The Sopranos and you wanted to make a sequel to it or a prequel, you wouldn't do Adam and Eve, you would do, you know. So that that that's how he explained it, is that it didn't make sense. Because I think they had a whole other show that was supposed to be, like, much farther back. I thought the show was going to be about before they came and conquered this, you know, Europe, Westeros place. Um, but but it's not, you know, it's like the exact same places, the same houses, which is kind of cool. Um, and, and it is world building, but like, you know, at the same time, it's not really world building that much. It's I think like, 
I don't think the problem like, is that like it's not far back enough for that like I don't get it. I think the problem is like the scope of what it's trying to do is too big, too fast. It's like trying to establish every aspect of this world for me to understand so that like when I get to all these things paying off at the end it all makes sense or whatever, which I'm sure I will appreciate if I I'll I think I'm going to stick with the show cuz we'll we'll do yeah, little I'll updates. Yeah, I'll stick with it. I'm a sucker. I'll we'll do updates on the on the And I'll probably end week. up loving it, frankly. But It'll probably be good. I'm just like could you start with like the story about the political maneuvering and just kind of slowly expand that scope. Do you have yeah. to show me every aspect of what the show is going to be in the first two episodes? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it does do that and I just like it starts big and it just gets bigger. So it's possible, but it feels like it's starting too big and it's just going to stay big. Yeah. But, yeah, like I said, rest of the season still to go. I could be wrong about that. I mean, people are watching it, so... I yeah, think, like I think 20 million viewers it. or whatever? You know, my, my biggest critique of it is it doesn't feel very, like, excitingly original. I think Game of Thrones, for as much as it's, it is no Breaking Bad or, or Better Call Saul, as it still has some very artful, you know, visuals to it, like... You know, the CGI of those dragons sucked. <laughs> but, and the CGI in this, I can't tell whether it's much infinitely better or kind of about the same. It's, I think the, weirdly, I thought the lighting was off. Yeah, like it, it looks, they have like a weird depth to them. Like they, Yeah, kind of it, like, it kind of, it just looks like a TV show. Yeah, exactly. Which is like, you know, it's a little disappointing. You would think for something with HBO, so much money yeah. that they would make something that doesn't feel like a TV like, show. Like, say what you want about Euphoria, you know, that show yes from a intellectual standpoint it is very dumb but at no point in that show am i like oh i'm watching a show and it's going through the motions here like as soon as you yeah. turn on an episode you're in it you know yeah. you're in it yeah even if you're not like you don't feel everything is trying to make you feel because a lot of the characters and decision making that show are dumb it's like you still feel completely in that world as soon as you turn on i didn't feel invested in the world yet of game of thrones and House of the Dragon. And yeah. I really want to be, because... You should just watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, I should just probably watch Game really of Thrones. really great. But after I finish Saul, maybe that'll be my next thing. I'd, yeah. I'm tossing it up between that and Sopranos, which I, I haven't seen. I think you should start watching Sopranos. And then I'll, that seems I'll more my alley. Yeah. I think you would really like it. I mean, most people still say that's the best of all time. Mm -hmm. But that's a conversation for another time. All right, so oh. give, me, give me your top five right now, best shows, your best favorite shows? shows. I don't know, it's tough, because it's like... I do feel like shows kind of really can be kind of like one one note, you know. But that's not always a bad thing. But I just mean, so it's, you know, I, I would say Twin Peaks is up there. I really, really loved the Showtime season. I Frankly, oh, yeah. I think that was probably the best of all the three. I love the 90s of the original, but like, I don't know. I, I loved, loved the third season. Okay. I think they're all good in different ways. Yeah, they're very different. They're all very different. But you know, I, I probably I'd probably put Breaking Bad as the top. You know, Succession also okay. Just because I've already made this claim and I need to stick by it, or else I'll be a, a rollover. Uh, Succession best show of all time. Then Breaking Bad, maybe I don't know. It's a toss up between Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Uh, frankly, I might put Better Call Saul before Breaking Bad. Cause I, I like I said, like I'm, as, I'm as I'm getting to the end, I'm leaning that way as well. Yeah, yeah. And like, like, uh, like when Audrey and I rewatched, like I couldn't, I didn't convince her to like, 
I didn't know how to convince her to watch Breaking Bad because she'd already like gotten a taste of it. Like, oh, it's just like a druggy crime thriller that's like good characters. But I could convince her to watch Better Call Saul. And rewatching it, you know, I think it has something that Breaking Bad doesn't have. So why don't I say that? Then Breaking Bad. Then, uh, then I don't peaks. Know. Huh? Then Peaks, then yeah. Sopranos. Yeah, yeah, I think, I, I think I'd say that. Okay. I don't know if Game of Thrones makes the list. Because the books are so good, too. I mean, if it was best, like, fiction of all time, I'd yeah. say Game of Thrones is probably up there. Yeah. What about Seinfeld? That's a, that is good, too. I don't know. We could talk about this for, like, two hours. We could, we could. It's a tough one. Best TV show? Because I don't even know off the top of my head, like, all the, like I've watched so many TV shows. I mean, Mad Men is great, too. Um, you know. I, I put together a list on my phone of all the TV shows I've watched all the way through, and it's only mm-hmm. 19. Just rapid-fire read them. I'm curious. Okay, this is ranked. Okay. Okay. Um, Twin Peaks 1, Seinfeld 2, Cheers 3, Breaking Bad 4, Mindhunter 5, love Mindhunter, mm-hmm. Frasier 6, Friends 7, Stranger Things 8, Daredevil 9, Euphoria 10, Ozark 11, Mayor of Easttown, that Kate Winslet miniseries, great, mm-hmm. 12, The Good Place 13, White Lotus 14, The Office 15, and then a bunch of like shitty Marvel shows after that. Oh god! But um, I can't believe Friends is so high. Frankly, I'm a little disappointed. What Friends is awesome. Okay, I was talking with Evan about this the other day. Who future guest of the pod? I'm yeah. sure. Mr. Um, Savage. Mr. Savage. Uh, Evan Savage. Friends is overhated. Friends is fucking good. I'm sorry. It is. It's. I mean, it's, it's so good, funny. But I wouldn't say it's like one of the best. Well, things. I just told like, you I've only ever watched 15 shows all the way through. So. Yeah, you need to watch more shows. There's a I lot know. of really good, like. Um, you know, two seasons HBO originals out there. That yeah, are really good. yeah. Like, um, I'm a big fan of this show called Silicon Valley. That's really funny. Love Nathan for you. Um, oh, I really want to watch the rehearsal. Great. Yeah. Um, I'm a really big fan of this show called How to with John Wilson. Um, you know, Curb Your Enthusiasm. I would say. Yeah, I've I seen a couple. Seasons. I don't know how Friends can even be on your list, and Curb Your Enthusiasm isn't. I haven't watched it. I'll try to let it slide. I've watched like the first three seasons. You know, if Seinfeld is your, you said it was your number three. My number two. You know, Curb Your Enthusiasm is very different, but I would say, you know, if if you're a Seinfeld fan, you will enjoy Curb. Curb is so great. Um, you know, there's a lot of like old shows, like that show Lost is. It's a little cheesy, but it's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, the main ones that I want to watch that I think have, like, all-time potential for me are, like, Sopranos, The Wire. Oh, yeah. I need um, to watch The Wire. Succession. Succession. Mad Men. West Wing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Definitely watch West Wing. So. Have you... um, And there's the... uh, Yeah. I've been meaning to watch The Wire, too. Yeah. Once you watch those five shows, your list will be very different. Yeah. I'm sure it will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. probably going to watch the rehearsal pretty soon because it's like quick. Yeah. Can knock that it's out. probably like two hours worth of a season. Yeah. I hear Barry is really good. Oh, yeah. Yes. The same person who uh, said that Succession was not the best show, Barry, is what they said. So, As their favorite show of all time. Yeah. Interesting. And Or maybe just better than Succession. but Yeah. I definitely, my list is kind of sitcom heavy. Sitcom and superhero heavy, just because like that's the shit I grew up on. Yeah. But as I'm expanding my scope of TV, 
which I should have done earlier, but it's because I've watched like 900 movies, you know, movies, movies in the last better. two years. I, it's I true, though. Saying. Movies are just better. Movies are just better. So this is, yeah. um, I mean, we, we're trying to split the difference because we're just a general yeah. entertainment pop culture on this podcast, but you know where our true alliances right. lie. Right. Yeah. 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 So Come on. our allegiance lies with movies. So Right. You I mean, I, I'm a freaking media arts major. Like, right. I want to make movies. You know? Right. You know, we can kind of wrap up here, but I would just say, to finish off this TV, there's a lot of really good docu-series out there that I would say, you know, yeah. nothing beats a really phenomenally done docu-series. I mean, those are, can just be breathtaking. Yeah. I really want to watch the OJ Made in America, the ESPN one. Yeah. Not not the, like, FX, like, dramatization. With C- Cuba? Yeah, not that one. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good, too, honestly. Frankly. I saw I, some episodes of that. I, it's I not terrible. It. It's not terrible. No, that's um, good. But I really want to watch the ESPN docuseries. Yeah. Because I heard that one's really good. There's, um, you know, there's so many. The Formula One is good. Can't hate on that. Um, yeah. We can, we can have a whole episode about yeah. this. Um, next week, we'll be back. Uh, what, what do you want to talk about next week? I don't know. We'll have to talk about it off mic. But We should just talk about Better Call Saul for the whole entire semester. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I will probably be done with the whole show by the time we record our next episode. Yeah, Because I've been watching it. So, like, <laughs> yeah. that is our mission. Binge it's very Saul. bingeable. Okay. Yeah. I will be texting you about it. Okay, good. Max good. and I... you haven't watched it. Yeah. So, Max and I, the... Um, a guest that I had on a few times this assistant summer. Assistant news editor. Assistant news editor, Daily Gamecock. Me and him, like, every he watched all of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, and um, every time I finish a new episode and there's n- something crazy happens, like, we are we text for, like, an hour about it. Like, <laughs> we've just become, like, AMC, Vince Gilligan universe buddies, you know? It's <laughs> the best. El Camino, we so. didn't talk about it, but El Camino, also great. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, yeah. El Camino's gas. Beautiful. It's overhated. Yeah, I don't so know. A lot of I never don't understood. Like the, my, uh, we we do really need to go here, but yeah. the only thing I don't like about it is that the aging was a little, like Brian Cranston should have just shaved his head. I love you, Brian. I hear Cranston, that. Okay, you can tell it's a bald cap. That's tough. That's I, tough to swallow. I hear that the um, the, the aging, the Breaking Bad characters that show up in Better Call Saul look yeah. bad I mean, in the look last bad, season. But they look like twenty years older. Like yeah, because they are twenty years yeah. older. But yeah. it's supposed to be happening at like season one and two of Breaking Bad, like at that time. So it's like yeah, they really you know they. But, but Better Call Saul itself does a good job of making like oh my gosh, its characters yeah. look younger. Like yeah. Bob Odenkirk is convincingly younger. I, yeah, yeah, Bob Odenkirk looks younger because he lost weight. You know, yeah, what he I mean? lost weight and yeah. they gave him like really good hairpiece. Yeah. So. Yeah, and uh, that'll do it because we're like six minutes over an hour, yeah. uh, so we really got to go. Okay. But we'll talk about Better Call Saul uh, more in depth next week, even though it's kind of late. But we want to talk about it, so who cares? Yeah. Um, we'll have more arts coverage, and yeah, yeah, not really any movies Looking coming out, unfortunately. Yeah, so it's it okay. is what it is. We'll watch your movies. Maybe we'll have a guest. Yeah, well, guests incoming. Guests incoming. It's going to be a great semester. Thank you guys for listening. We're yeah. back weekly, so no more of this like. Every other week, maybe thing that we had going on during the summer, I was just swamped with projects. So, right uh, here we are. Yeah. Let's get it. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.